Welcome everyone to another episode of Church Talks. I have somebody uh, as a guest today that started off as just um, the wife of my boss and has now become a friend um, and even someone I consider to be family. So I would like everybody to welcome Miss Sarah Thompson to the pod. Woohoo! I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> Man, all right, Sarah, I want you to give the people about 60 seconds of, uh, of some, some knowledge about you, maybe a fun fact, something a little not so fun, but, you know, still like a good fact, and then another, another funny one to end on. Ooh, fun. Every fact about me is fun. No. I agree. Um, let's see. <laughs> I am a big Tar Heel fan and alumni, and that's one of our passions that we share Catherine absolutely uh graduated from Carolina in 2004 uh let's see have we have been I've been married to Matt now for almost 20 years good day we're, we're about to hit 19 years here in a couple months so it's getting there Woo. so stay stay at home mom to two kids that's pretty much the used used to be a teacher that's kind of the gist of me yeah and I was going to say, we, we'll talk about like kind of each of those things more in detail later, but, uh, but that is awesome. So, and, um, and you hail from the great city of Greensboro and, uh, but, but yes, Chapel Hill, I think is always home to an extent. Yes. <laughs> my dad, yes, my dad graduated from there. And so even though I did not, I mean, I grew up going to football games and basketball games and him just, you know, getting me acquainted to Franklin street and, uh, so I just, I love the culture and Carolina blue is just, it's just the best color. It it's is the best color. You're born and red. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so something that you, that you didn't um, specify on, but, uh, but you are married to Matt, which is my boss, Matt Thompson, and he is a chiropractor here in Eden, North Carolina. So I have a lot of listeners. I would say the majority of my listeners are in Rockingham County. Uh, so if you do not already have a chiropractor, I highly recommend Sarah's husband. Uh, I've been a patient of his since 20, uh, is it 15 or 16? It's got, probably it, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's been about seven years. Um, and I think that I, it's my claim to fame that I am the only staff of his that was a patient first. Uh, so this I was a patient. This is true. <laughs> yeah, I was a patient for about a year and a half, two years, and then had to quit because I was also a school teacher in Guilford County, and um, I didn't have another job lined up. So financially, I was like, you know, I just need to kind of reevaluate some things, and that was in June, and then I think by August first, that was my first day of working. So it was a very short lapse in time <laughs> where I wasn't in the office to some extent. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, so thank you for, for sharing your husband with, um, with all of us, with the staff, with the community. Um, he's definitely somebody that has made a huge impact, um, you know, physically and just with his generosity. And I know that you are to thank for a lot of that. So I don't know about all that, but I try. <laughs> I know you're like, okay, this is podcast episode is about me, not Matt. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I will talk chiropractic all day and all night because it's so amazing. But yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, so let's start there. So I know that one of your, your passions is um, it's health, it's fitness, it's, you know, the way that we heal our body from the inside out, uh, that it's not, you know, bodies are not created to be dependent upon um, chemicals and, and medicine and shots and stuff like that. So 
how does chiropractic, like the chiropractic lifestyle and just a holistic health approach, like how do those coincide and what does all that mean to you personally? All right. So chiropractic is, I mean, it's huge in our life. It's hard to even get that down to a few sentences, how, how big all the, you know, being as natural as possible and like the whole, you know, whole body health to play in our lives between, you know, making sure you get enough water, making sure you sleep well, making sure we get adjusted on the reg. And part of that, I mean, like, I absolutely love the fact that if my kids come downstairs with a stuffy nose or with anything, the first words out of their mouth are, daddy, will you adjust me? And it's just so awesome. I know so many other kids are raised in families and not to put, you know, anybody else down, but like so many other kids are raised in families where, Oh, you know, mommy, will you give me some medicine? You'd never hear that come out of my kid's mouth. It's always, it's chiropractic first, my body healing itself first. We're going to try all these other things first. And, you know, my kids know like we don't keep soda or any stuff in our house because we know that that's not good for our bodies. It's about, you know, everything's about, you know, limiting yourself. It's like, you know, all that unhealthy food yeah it's fun but it's about limiting it it's not about you know it's about what you do it day in day out and like it's about first thing when you get up in the morning go ahead and gym clothes on because if I go ahead and have my gym clothes on first thing then I'm more likely to go to the gym just like you know first thing I always do too is I have a daily devotional beside my bed so that's one of the first things I do in the morning too it's about setting all those you know, things into your schedule to get your mindset right for the day. And, you know, I I was adjusted throughout my practice with both of my kids. And within minutes of both kids being born, they were adjusted. So it's just, it's just part of everyday life, like drinking water is for us. Wow. That was a whole lot of wisdom (laughs) packed into about 90 seconds. So to recap that, you you literally just, just set people up for success in even just the two things of, like you said, like putting gym clothes on first thing in the morning. Like that is a psychological, like, like wiring to program your body for what the next step in the day is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, and for people who, who get up and they, you know, they've got meditations, they've got devotion, they've got quiet time, like having that right beside your bed is phenomenal because it's like it's what you're going to see first thing like when you wake up and then just you know like you said just the lifestyle of like your first response being um like if I feel sick if I feel sluggish do I go for Tylenol or you know or something like if I have a fever do I go for a fever reducer or do I go for like okay what is my body trying to fight off with a fever and right (laughs) so and you're and you're raising your kids like that and I know personally I have I have seen your kids I have I have babysat your kids I just did this past weekend um and they are phenomenal kids like they are in no way lacking they are so much like further ahead um in their health and in their I mean even in their vocabulary we're not going to talk about all the words (laughs) (laughs) sometimes their vocabulary (laughs) might be a little little too large but man no it's just they're, they're so smart and they're wise and um, and they're funny. And it's just, you know, it just shows in how y'all are raising your kids uh, just in a healthy approach as a whole. And um, so I know that, you know, you were a school teacher and, you know, you believe in um, in education. And obviously you're, you're well, um, Brody 
you know, he is in a public school and you were a public mm-hmm. school teacher. So like, what was that like to, to be a public school teacher? And then you were, you, you came out of teaching to raise your kids, like while they were still in toddler age. And then what were your thoughts about like, okay, so when Brody got school age, were there even like questions or options of like, do we homeschool? Do we put him in like a private school? Um, what were those like questions like, and how did you decide on him going to a public school? You know, I have so many mixed feelings about things. I mean, I can tell you, first of all, as a teacher perspective, it, you know, coming from a chiropractic mindset and a natural minded mindset, it was so hard many days to sit in a classroom as a teacher and have to be able, have to keep my mouth shut. I mean, I'd, I'd sit in meetings of parents of kids who are diagnosed ADD, ADHD, and they're talking about this medicine the kid's on and that medicine the kid's on. And meanwhile, I see the kid pop out food at snack time, then they're eating Oreos and Doritos and their parents have them on all these medicines to try to help them focus. And they're sending them to school with Doritos and Oreos. And I'm just, and, and I can't say anything. And it's just, yeah, that was difficult. Cause I mean, I just think, and I'm, and, and these are, and these are parents that love their kids that are, they just didn't know any better. Right. They just, they just, they knew that this is the snack that my kid enjoys and I want my kid to be happy and oh my kid needs help focusing so i'm just gonna medicate them and and that was very hard to see as a teacher and as a chiropractic minded teacher when you know i I couldn't say anything i had to keep my mouth shut so you know it, it definitely was gave me a different perspective on seeing like how i wanted to make sure my kids were not like that you know my kids will ask me you know occasionally at dinner time hey can we a, a soda or a piece of candy absolutely occasionally you can but you know at dinner time no you're getting ready to go to bed you need this and first thing in the morning absolutely no because we're not going to go into school and sugar rush so I mean <laughs> that you know sets your mind for a lot of things and how you raise and work with your kids but you know for me I never really considered homeschooling because I just with my kids, they're so social. And I and I know that there's lots of like co-ops and other things and ways to get your kids and keep your kids social with homeschooling. But and I can tell you too, like, right, and a lot of parents know this, like, you can if like, if you teach your kid how to swim, they're going to resist it, but you take them to a swim lesson, and they'll listen to whatever that person says. And my kids yeah. are kind of the same way with me as far as learning at home like when I would try to sit down and work on letters or numbers and I have all these cute fun activities because you know this is my jam this is what I did they were so annoyed at me eye rolls and attitude and I still get that with homework with Brody I mean I still get all the attitude so just for my kids and their the way that they are homeschooling was just not the right fit for us but I will say with COVID we came very close to doing it. We had some long, hard conversations, you know, about yeah. homeschooling and what, what the right call was for our kids. So Brody was in TK transitional kindergarten in spring of 2020 when the world changed as we know it. Mm-hmm. And so he had not officially gone into school yet. And it was battles of deciding what was the right thing for him we looked we looked at every private school around and nowhere did they 
you know, allow, you know, didn't force masks. And we looked at online learning, like, okay, should we do this? So we don't have to do the mask thing. And that just didn't seem right for kindergarten. And we talked seriously about homeschooling, but ultimately we, we had conversations with Brody about it and that's just not what he wanted. And, you know, our kids are well-spoken enough and mature enough that we respect what they tell us and we respect listening to their wants and their needs, you know, to an extent. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, you touched on like having to search for a school that didn't require masks. And I mean, I hope that the days of like mask mandates, I, I hope that's behind us. But like one of the things that I love about you is that whatever you believe in, like you are so passionate and this isn't even about like masks, but the fact is like you wanted the best for your child and not just for your child, but for children in general um, that literally had no, like they didn't have a say so in a lot of the matters, like decisions were being made that were directly going to affect them. And obviously we're talking about health and holistic approach. Like it, it there were more, more cons than pros, you know, for kids yeah. to just be in masks all day. And so I love that you were so bold and so like, I mean, you're just, you're a protector of your kids. That's one reason why, like, I always want to stay on your good side because <laughs> like, I know that you will have the back of anybody that you love and are surrounded by. And so that's a little side note. Like, I appreciate you, <laughs> like you being family for me, but yeah, but you went to bat, like, like almost literally you went to the school board, um, Cause it's one thing to say, you know, Oh, well, I wish things were different or uh, you know, just to complain about things, but you took action. And what did that look like when you went to bat for these kids and for their health? Whew, that looked like a lot of anger. And that looked like the uh, school board knows my name personally. And they probably know my phone number <laughs> personally. Yeah, they do. <laughs> would probably hit ignore a lot when they saw that phone number pop up. So um, when Brody was getting ready to go into kindergarten, we, you know, we sat him down and we had these conversations with him about, look, we, we know that these masks do not work. We know what the way to health is. We know that COVID is not affecting kids. You know, we know this is not right. So we're going to fight for it. But here's the deal, Brody, like as much as I can fight for it, I, I don't, I don't get the ultimate say with what they do at school. So we have to decide as a family, what's best for us. Do you want me to homeschool you? And, you know, that can look like we can go to the science center all the time. We'll have still, you know, lots of play dates and we'll do fun things, but we'll do the school thing too. Or, yeah. you know, do you, do you want to, do you want to do this? If you want to do this, I'll support you. And he, he wanted to go to school. I said, all right, if you're choosing to go to school, then I'm choosing this fight. So we, so I did, you know, I went and I spoke at the school board meeting and, I took a lot of the points that they tried to make and I threw it back in their, you know, things like, you know, at, at meetings, they'd sit there and say, oh, I need to pull my mask down so you guys can hear me. And I'm going, are you guys listening to yourselves? You have a microphone in front of your face and <laughs> people can't hear you with a microphone. How do you think these kids are learning, especially these young kids that need to see the teacher's mouth move when they're learning phonics? It's just, it's so important and they just, they weren't listening. So I, I mean, I would email them probably two to three times a day. No exaggeration. 
with mm. articles and facts and pictures. If I ever saw a picture on Facebook of any of them out in public without a mask <laughs> on, I'd blast them for their hypocrisy. I mean, I, I was on because, Dude, you know, at the it. end of the day, and, and here's the thing, you know, like if, if COVID was something where it was affecting children, I, I, you know, of course I wouldn't go to any lengths to protect my children, but it wasn't, it wasn't at all. My, I mean, we had COVID. My, my son had COVID. It didn't affect him. He had a headache for about two hours and then life went on like normal. Margo never showed a single symptom. COVID, if you have a healthy kid who, you know, doesn't have any underlying issues, then COVID did not affect them. Yet we shut down their whole lives. We kept them at home. We kept them isolated. And, you know, one of its arguments to the school board was not just about my kid, you know, coming from a teacher perspective, you've got, you know, someone like me who, you know, if, if my kid had to do some online learning, I used to be a teacher. I got this. I'm made for this. You know, I can, I can roll. I can do all this. But then you've got all these like ESL kids whose parents don't speak English, kids who worry about getting a hot meal at home. Do you think their parents are going to be able to sit down and do online learning and work with them? Absolutely not. So, I mean, I, I wasn't just going to bat for my kid. I was going to bat for all these kids who, you know, because of being stuck at home for a few months, there was already a huge learning loss there. And them in masks and isolating them even further, you're, you're just widening that achievement gap even more. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I was going to bat for not just my kid, but for all of them. And I, and I, you know, very in a not nice probably way also let the school board know, you know, as soon as the mask mandate ended with the schools, I was like, just to let you know, like, I'm not what you did to these kids you're you're on my radar I'm gonna do what I can to get you voted out when when the time <laughs> comes like just don't think that I'm gonna celebrate your oppression when you decided to stop oppressing like no you wow. don't get re you don't get rewarded for ending what should have never began man so I still shoot them an email maybe once every couple weeks and let them know I haven't forgot you know and some people may have issues with that, but it gets back to what I'm saying is that you, like, you actually act on what you think and wish and hope for, and you follow through because, yeah, like, it, you know, once whatever you were wanting to happen, once that happened or once it began to happen, then somebody could just sit back and be like, you know, okay, my work here is done, but you're saying no, like, there are repercussions for the decisions that they made that's still going to affect like kids and teachers and and systems and it's like we still have to think about like long-term change and long-term like approaches to the kids health to the the system of a school you know in general so I appreciate yeah. your follow-through because it, it well, gets on my nerves when people just get on social media and they just complain and say all these things or they celebrate one thing but then I'm like okay so where's where's the follow-through yeah. No, I, I'm not one of those people who just sits around and complains about stuff. If I'm going to complain about something, I'm going to take action with that. And that's something that I think too many people, you know, complaining and being negative is such a, it's a bad thing, right? It's a, it weighs on you emotionally. It weighs on you mentally. It can weigh on you physically. So mm -hmm. if you're going to take the time to 
expose yourself to that and then do something about it. Don't, don't just complain, do something yeah. about it. And, you know, I have a friend who, um, her husband's a chiropractor as well. And she is a speech therapist and she's telling me like, I mean, here we are three years later and she's still seeing way more cases and way more issues with kids that they never saw it like this number wise before because of what the masks and the social isolation did to these kids. And for what, for what even right. more and more research is coming out showing that it did nothing. It did nothing. Yeah. And it, it really makes us think about like in future cases, because obviously we see what the news media and, you know, what supposedly like these big name doctors, you know, whatever we see the impact and the influence that they have on people that are just ignorant. Like they don't do research for themselves. They don't know um, what actually is healthy. They just know what they are being scared into believing or, you know, threatened almost like to believe their people's jobs were threatened and you're called a grandma killer. <laughs> you know, I was called that like yeah. all kinds of things. And so like, there are going to be situations still in our future. I mean, I, we know, like, we know yeah. what's going to happen. So now it's like, all right, are we just going to fall into the same pit as we did before? I say, I say, we, not me and you. Yeah. But, but people, as, right. Or are we going to learn from these things of like now? Okay. So that they're seeing that the decisions and the mandates that they made, they actually weren't effective. They were actually harmful in the long term. So yeah. like, what are we going to do going forward? And I don't know if you have anything else to say about that, but I just, yeah, go ahead. Ooh, I could, I could talk for days about this topic. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's such a mess. And what's, I mean, if, if they're going to do this for something that's 99.9% .9 survivable, what are they going to do for something that's a little more scary than that? And that's where, that's where my thing is like, we can't just let them off the hook. We've got to keep letting them know, you know, like, no, you're not going to get away with this because something worse, you know, a worse disease could come around. And, and now, you know, the government's one of those things that once they've gotten a little bit of a taste of control, they want, then they see how easily that the people gave away their control. They're, they're going to do it some more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, um, again, like I feel like this is, this is not all about masks, but it, it directly yeah. affects you um, not just with your kids and with schooling, but I'm thinking about with Dr. Thompson. Um, yeah. he, he is hearing impaired. And so even though he has the, the cochlear, like a lot of what he does is lip reading. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I mean, it's like, I can't imagine, but I can't imagine because I didn't realize how much lip reading I actually do until I saw everybody wearing a mask. And I'm like, yeah. I really don't understand a lot of what they're saying. So, I mean, what did that, I mean, first of all, you're married to uh, someone who has been hearing impaired since, I mean, I don't know if it was since birth or I mean, since his earliest like toddler years, right? So he lost his hearing when he had spinal meningitis when he was, I believe it was 15 months old. Wow. Yeah. So he's never known. It. Yeah. <laughs> he's no. never known anything no. other than that. And he had to, I mean, he's faced all kinds of, of challenges just, just being with that before the pandemic. And so I can right. imagine like from, from your standpoint, cause like you said, y'all been married almost 20 years. I don't know how long y'all were together before that. I mean, in college and, you know, we can talk about yeah. that. And, uh, but like, what, what is it like from your standpoint of being the protector and the passionate one that you are 
and seeing like again not just with masks but like how people who are considered I mean it's considered a disability like he's hearing impaired but he has not let that be an excuse for him I mean he's he's done a freaking awesome job with his life and with his decisions so like for how how has that affected you seeing him like overcome obstacles with the pandemic before the pandemic with college with life like what what does that look like for you so you know he guys I mean honestly it's like pretty much a hundred percent on lip reading to be able to understand someone so with the mask mandate he's never let his hearing impairment affect him in any way i mean really the only way it affects him is like he can't make phone calls right but i mean and now in today's time 90 percent of people don't even like making calls anywhere by just text so it really does <laughs> not affect him on a day-to-day basis but this i mean the mask mandate made it where the first for the first time in his life he actually felt handicapped he actually mm. felt like there was something holding him back i mean we would go to a restaurant and I'd have to do all the communicating because he couldn't understand the waiter or waitress. And, you know, it, it, it made things hard for him for sure. Mm -hmm. Very hard. And, and, you know, we still have people, I mean, for the most part, you don't see masks as much as you used to, but even now on occasion, we'll go to a restaurant and we'll end up with a waiter or waitress that is wearing a mask. And we'll be like, Hey, can you, you know, pull your mask down? He needs to read. On occasion, it's rare now, but on occasion, you'll still get people that don't feel comfortable pulling that mask down for him to talk. So it's, it was definitely a big, a big deal for him to, you know, not be able to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And so did you guys meet in, in high school or like, I know you've, you've known each other probably since high school, right? Yeah, we've been together since high school. We met in high school. We, you know, got married in co- um, right after college. He went to Elon. Um, he's a year older than me. And so we, um, got married as soon as I graduated from Carolina. So I could go ahead down to South Carolina to be with him while he was in chiropractic college. So, and yeah, we've been together forever, but the whole hearing thing has been an issue for us until COVID, which is crazy. <laughs> so did you like, did you date people before him? Me? No, I didn't. I mean, I was only 16. I wasn't really even allowed to date until around 16. So yeah, that was, he's pretty much been it for me. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about like what I'm trying to think of what year, what what year about was that when you were in high school, you're going to show your age. Uh, (laughs) I have no problem showing my age. I graduated high school in 2000. Okay. So I'm thinking about the, the technology in that time frame, and how now yeah, I mean, he can FaceTime now because he, like you yeah. said, he can't he can't make phone calls. Um, he can FaceTime and he can text, but that really wasn't a thing. Definitely not FaceTime and texting was very minimal at that time. So when you're in high school and college and those are your like formulative, formulative relationship years where you're actually thinking like, okay, am I going to marry this man? Um, are yeah. we going to build a life together? Did, I, was communication um a struggle or did did that just mean y'all had to stay that much closer together in person so it was not this was back when if you're of of my generational age back in the good old days when you know we would use aol instant messenger on on college you know like the silliest thing where you would have it as like your status 
you know, like going to class, you'd leave that up on. Oh yeah. Your away message. Yeah. Like (laughs) out to dinner, like who cares that you were out to dinner. Right. But you know, you wanted to make sure everybody knew you were out to dinner, gone to class. So that was 99% of how we communicated when we worked together. And now he went to Elon and I went to Carolina, which actually worked out benefit that we didn't go to the same college because it was like he had his friends and he could do his thing and I could do my thing but we were only 30 minutes drive apart so we could see each other as often as we wanted to without feeling like like I feel like we both felt like we got like the real college experience without you know with still being together as much as we wanted to be so communication was an issue because we had good old AOL instant messenger (laughs) That we would just, you know, talk over that. So, maybe. Was that, was that on the phone or was that on a desktop computer? Oh, that was on a laptop. <laughs> and I'll show my age again. So, my incoming class at Carolina was the first class that we were all required to buy a laptop. Like, uh, because wow. that was just when, you know, technology was really, like, taken off. And it was just getting to the point where you couldn't really do a as much stuff if you didn't have internet yeah <laughs> it's, sounding like, old sounding old well no it's and, and you're not that much older than I am because I I will talk to I mean I say kids I will talk to teenagers these days I mean heck I'll talk to Morgan here at our office that is our front desk receptionist and she is um she's a good decade younger than I am and we'll be talking about something that to me just happened like last year but actually it was like the year she was born. Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel old, like whether it's songs, you know, Backstreet Boys or whatever. And she's never heard of these songs. Like she's not familiar with instant messenger. And so I get it. So we're not old, but we, we seem we're old because technology just advances so much like from year to year. But yeah, uh, yeah. a little too much, a little too much. I it's, think we've yeah. come a little too reliant on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, when when kindergartners have their own cell phone, it's like, uh, I couldn't have one. So I started driving like it just kids need like like you said, like kids are social. They need to be social. They need to be face to face with people. They don't need to be face to screen. Um, No, I mean, if if we need screens for talking to somebody on the other side of the country, then okay. But if there's an opportunity to be in front of somebody and outside and, and moving and being active, then obviously that's, that's preferred. Um, Oh, absolutely. We are so blessed. We live in a neighborhood with kids everywhere. And I have actually recently just started to the point where I I will tell Brody, he'll run down to the cul-de-sac to go outside and play basketball or football, whatever the neighborhood kids. And I, I feel like nostalgia because I'm like, Hey bud, come home when the sun goes down. And like, wow, how awesome is that that I'm saying yes. this to him now? And a lot of kids probably w- never hear that growing up in these times because they're just sitting around on screens. But yeah, we really, we really try to limit that as much as we can. And, you know, I do think our kids, like I, I, when I was teaching, I would have kids ask me all the time, like, how old were you when your parents let you have a cell phone? I'm like, y'all don't understand. No one had <laughs> cell phones when I was your age, but we had pagers. Like, I did. Oh, I never even got a pager. I wasn't cool enough for that. Um, Like my, I think I did get my first cell phone when I was maybe like 18. But of course, it's just like for emergency calls only. It wasn't like we didn't have texting on it or all that. But I mean, realistically, I feel like my kids will probably end up with cell phones in middle school. But I'm going to be very like um, 
old school and like mean mom about it. My kids will not have capability. They will not be smartphones. They will, there will be no, you know, TikTok or any of this mess going on with my kids. It will be like, that phone is for calling or texting emergency type thing only. Like there will be no camera, no apps, none of that best. Like kids need to get back to the basics of being kids. You might want to go ahead and, and purchase some of those phones now because by the time they're in middle school, <laughs> I don't know that there will be any being made. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully there will be enough people, like-minded people like us that will will continue. I mean, when you think like people like Elon Musk, people like Steve Jobs, all these people, they didn't let their kids have cell phones. They're the ones creating this technology and they're not even letting their own kids partake in it because even they know that it's not good for them. Yeah. See, well, like segue into this. Did you think that your life right now was going to be your life when you were a teenager? I don't know what I thought. I, I, I did... I did not see myself as a stay-at-home mom. I always thought I would be working in some capacity. So I feel like that's probably the only thing that's more, like, surprising, I guess, of who I was. Because, you know, I mean, I went to Carolina. I've got, I've got a master's in teaching. My, you know, my goal back in high school was I wanted to get my doctorate and teach elementary ed at the college level and, you know, teach future teachers. But it just things changed my belief system changed and the way I saw things changed and yeah so this is where I am now but other than that I don't know that I thought a lot long term I mean I knew I wanted to be married have kids but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know I didn't have these like big pictures of what my life would be like back then yeah I don't think I knew that you wanted to to teach teachers I knew that you like wanted to be a teacher but knowing that now I could absolutely see you doing that I mean even if it's like 20 years down the road like after your kids are graduated or whatever I'm just saying like if that is still a desire or passion like I think that you would be phenomenal at it and of course we don't know what the school system and what the world would look like then but just knowing your personality and knowing your heart uh, for like education in general and for health dude like everybody I feel like everybody would be fighting for you to to teach for them or to work for them you know I don't know that that would actually happen because I think uh, too many of our college institutions have become too one-way in how they expect everyone to think and be and I don't quite fit that mold not sure (laughs) that there are many colleges out there that would actually want me (laughs) At well, this you, point in life. You know what would be a really good second option? <laughs> to have your own podcast. <laughs> I don't know if people so, would want to have to hear me. Oh, my gosh. All right. Who, I already know this answer. But who is your, who's your podcast crush? I know it's not me. Oh, <laughs> Matt, Matt knows this answer, too. And he, he laughs on me on the daily. My, my person that's like, you know... You ever have somebody that you have a crush on that you're like, I should not be crushing on this person. I don't know why. Right. Nothing like extraordinarily attractive or what wonderful about this person. <laughs> but my person is Ben Shapiro. I just can't get enough. Listen to his podcast every day. And I think it's as you get older too, like you find yourself more attracted to intelligence and wit. And he's just, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And just the way he laughs at people and he's, quickest people I've ever heard like how he can just come back at people and it's 
Yeah, I listen to him every day. And I listen to Candace Owens a lot. I like her. Oh, yeah. And then our, our church, um, our pastor has a podcast. I try to listen to his podcast every day because it's a good one because it's only like 15 minutes long. What? And so I like that. Yeah, you need to start listening to him. Yeah. Well, you know, I just went to church with y'all yesterday um, and shout out to Definition Church in Greensboro. So what is, what's Dr. Allen's podcast name? Or oh gosh, it's title. Like day, it's daily something. I don't know. I have it. I have so many podcast things saved up. I can't remember the name. I'll have to send it to you. But it's okay. just a fifteen. If, if if you just Google his name, um, Alan Holmes, and look up, you know, Finishing Church, it'll come up. But it's just a fifteen minute a day, and I try to listen to it first thing in the morning when I'm getting my, you know, like getting breakfast made for the kids and laying out clothes, and because you know, I feel like if you how you start your mornings is how your day goes. You get your mind right on the things that are important and the mm-hmm. things that are priorities first thing in the morning and the rest of your day go like it's supposed to go. That's so good. I, anybody that, that knows you or that knows of you, they know that um, at least from, from an outsider's point of view, that your life looks pretty close to perfect. Um, there are a lot of people who would aspire to, to be in your shoes, uh, to have the life that you have, to have the luxuries that you have. It did not come free. It did not come um, easy. <laughs> it came with no. a lot of work. And so just like you're saying, like the way that you start off your day sets the tone for the rest of your day. Uh, the work that you, and I, it's so weird to call him Matt, um, Dr. Thompson, <laughs> the work that y'all put in as, I mean, as teenagers, as college students, uh, like I said, it did not come easy. Y'all had to work for this. So if yeah. somebody happens to to know you, to know about you, because I don't know if anybody really like knows you. People can know facts about you. And right. after listening to this podcast, they're going to know a lot of information on, um, on your belief system and your passions and just kind of life from the outside looking in. But what is some like encouragement and advice to people that want to be in your shoes before they hit you know, 40 years old or, you know, whatever, what, what encouragement would you give them? You know, it's, I don't know, there, there's so many factors that go into it. Right. So like I grew up, I grew up in this amazing home. I mean, I couldn't have had better parents. My parents are awesome. So Mm -hmm. I had, you know, great, you know, conservative Christian values growing up. And, and that's just, that really kind of laid the seed work for, you know, I strove to do well in school, not just because I wanted to do well, but because I respected and loved my parents so much. I wanted them to be proud of me. So that was a big deal for, you know, studying hard and working hard in college. And it, I, I think it's just about who you surround yourself with too, right? You don't ever want to be, as Matt and I were actually having this discussion the other week, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to kind of mm. be the dumbest person in the room because if you're not around people that are on higher levels and, you know, are, you know, better at, you know, their quiet time every day than you and better at, you know, making better time for their family. And, you know, I'm I'm like, I'm not going to follow people on Facebook for fitness that are overweight. I'm going to follow people who look much better than me, who work out much harder than me, who have these amazing bodies, because if you want to level up, you've got to look at people and surround yourself with people that are leveled up. So it's just about 
surrounding yourself with the right people. And, and I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. So good. I love it. Well, we're going to, we're going to land this plane and I've got some rapid fire questions for you. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and before we get into those, is there anything else that, that you wanted to, to cover or touch on that we didn't already do? I don't know. I think we had, we had a lot of topics and I could probably go into each one of those way deeper and way longer, but we had some good basics. We did. And Hey, you have a, an open invitation for a part two anytime you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, all right. So some rapid fire questions. So these are like preferably answer with like one word to one sentence, but, um, this one is going to, I feel like this is going to require some emotion, but what is your favorite holiday? (laughs) Oh, why do you ask rhetorical questions? I <laughs> the people need Christmas. to know. <laughs> Christmas. We listen to Christmas music in my house all year. If you are ever walking by my yard and you hear Christmas music playing loudly, mind your business, keep walking, or start along, preferably. My kids <laughs> sing Christmas songs all year. I had a big 40th birthday party last year that was Christmas in July theme. Couldn't ask for more. I mean, I... Christmas goes with me everywhere. It's, it's the best holiday. It's the only holiday. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I love it. I, I knew that there was going to be emotion. Now there was not as much emotion in that answer as there was when Carolina beat Duke last year, which was Aww. coach K's uh, last game, like last home game in Carolina. And we didn't even touch on that, but when I was with you in person oh. for that game, I think I might have some hearing impairment actually um, yes. from, from the screen. <laughs> Yes. But that was so yes. exciting. One year anniversary to that game yesterday. Because right. you, I, I don't think, unless you're really into the Carolina-Duke rivalry, you just don't get I mean, you could win the national championship game, but if you lost to Duke, it just doesn't have as much meaning. You know, it's just it's right. that big of a deal. It's everything. Yeah. and. I highly encourage anyone who's a Carolina fan, if you have never gone to Franklin Street, you need to go to Franklin Street when Carolina and Duke are playing each other. Pray for a win and then just go people watch. You don't even have to participate. Just go people watch. It is the most entertaining thing you will see in your life. And I've never done that. So I'm going to take that advice. I know. I know. I know. I've never done it. So I definitely need to. I need to do that. My my (laughs) freshman year, and I can promise you I was not partaking in any of this, but my freshman year was when things kind of changed and they upped security a lot because my freshman year when we won was um, the year that they were like flipping cars and setting them on fire on Franklin Street. Oh, yeah. That was something I had definitely never seen in my life before. So that was interesting. Yeah, like, you know, we don't condone that, but that that was something interesting to see. No, definitely not. And I'm on the phone with my mom, like, trying to express to her what's going on. And she's watching on the news, like, letting me know, by the way, I will not bail you out of jail tonight if you partake (laughs) in any of this mess. And I'm like, okay, mom, you know, I'm not that kind of person. But it's it's entertaining. You got to go experience it at least once. Yeah. Well, all right. Next question. What is the last concert you attended? Oh gosh. I just went to one. What was the last concert I attended? Um, was it Pentatonics? I think Pentatonics was the last concert I attended. Yeah. Pentatonics. Yeah. I figured it was either that or Michael Buble. 
set you the up. Michael Bublé was like a year ish ago. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to Taylor Swift, but I don't <sighs> want to sell a kidney to get there. So. Right. Gosh. Well, if if you go and and we can get like some cheaper tickets, then I would love to go with you. I w- I would love to see T Swift in person. <laughs> Same, but that the key there would be cheaper seats. They're they don't exist. Yeah, it, just outside um, watching from your phone would be the, the yeah, cheapest one. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Well, and last question. What is the craziest thing you have ever done? Maybe, maybe, maybe the PG-rated version. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I have many things that are... I'm honestly a pretty tame... Like, as much as I'm passionate and outspoken, I'm, I'm pretty a goody-goody. Like, I'm not too wild in anything I do. I'm really not. I don't think I have anything interesting to create. I don't I really have anything very interesting to say. I don't. So you've, you've never, oh, and now, uh, go ahead. I was going to say like, you've never gone streaking or, or like ding dong ditch or like committed a crime on purpose. and then didn't. Get I mean, I, in high school, I definitely did my share of like toilet paper in people's houses, like all the normal teenage stuff. Now, definitely. When we've had vacation where we had our own private pool, heck yeah, I went skinny dipping because it's just me and my, why not? But you're like streaking, absolutely not. Absolutely well. not. Um, I don't know. I don't have too many. I, I'm pretty much a goody goody. I really am. Okay. We'll, we'll take that. But um, all right. So the le- I can't I can't end on that one then. So let me check my list of um forty rapid fire questions. Uh, can't end on me being boring. No, not after this whole episode. Okay. So all right, this is one. What is something that comes naturally to you that somebody else would have to work at? I can tear up some karaoke. Like I would kill anybody in a rap battle. Like grind. It's got to be like '90s, early 2000s music, but like karaoke queen. I have neighbors that will beg me to come do like karaoke at their house. Oh man, that's that's facts. I have I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I think in person, and I've also witnessed it on on (laughs) uh, video after the fact. And after you saw the video of me doing karaoke the other night, I might give you a run for your money. We might have to do like a karaoke Mm -hmm. battle. We, we would, we, we would, we would go down it'd be fun. <laughs> it would. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on this episode. And I just, I love you. I love your family. I love being a part of your family. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we log off? No, that's it, girl. You summed it up. We love you too. You <laughs> are definitely family to us too. Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, go do whatever you got to do. Go work out. Enjoy the I'm rest going of your to the day. gym. Have I yeah. got my gym clothes on? Going to the gym. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Church Talks. Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, That would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.